Hello and welcome to Heartbeat of America, a podcast dedicated 100% to Billy Strings. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's get right into it. That Halloween run. Holy cow. I don't think anybody was prepared for that. I don't think that even all of the discussion through the uh, late summer and into the early fall about Away from the Shire and I think a lot of people's love for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, no matter how much you're into it and how much you were prepared for it and ready for it, I still don't think you were ready for it. The theme and the characters and the love that they brought to execution and the song selection, are you kidding me? And like the stage and just the entire production was extraordinarily well thought out. It seemed like every detail was fairly well accounted for and to the degree possible. It's still a, a three-night concert paralleling a three-movie uh, uh, run uh, and an epic uh, three movies for sure. And, uh, you know, I think everybody had time to brush up on their Lord of the Rings between uh, summer and now. So I hope folks got a chance to, to dig into those once again. Or if there were folks that haven't uh, watched them, I hope they took this opportunity uh, to, to watch them because I think it really added a lot. If you didn't know, and I'm no Lord of the Rings expert by any stretch of the imagination, but if you didn't know anything about the film or the plot or the movies, uh, I don't think you got as much out of the Halloween run. Uh, I just don't think it would be possible. Um, it was still, you know, a lot of fun and amazing music and just some things that you'll, you know, obviously never see at a typical quote unquote Billy Strings show. But you had to be kind of down with Lord of the Rings, I think, to really, um, get the most out of the, the run. And it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, my credit to everybody that was involved, you know, we don't see so many of the people that make something like that happen. And the entire production, I thought every single night was just absolutely top notch. You really couldn't ask for more. And there was no way that I, as a fan, and I, I think many fans, there's no way that you could really have been uh, prepared for that. And thinking a little bit about it overnight uh, at the end of night three and this morning, here we are on the Day of the Dead, the morning after uh, Halloween now, uh, doing this fresh podcast just from our notes and tweets and, you know, things that were recorded and stuff. Um, you know, I think it's safe to say, and this may be heresy to some or controversial to some, but I think it's safe to say that that was one of the best uh, Halloween runs from any you know, any modern group in our jam band scene. Since Fish started doing the themed Halloweens, uh, I think the first one was 94, if I'm correct, with the White Album. Uh, one that I missed, unfortunately, is my first year of college at, in Arizona, and uh, I was uh, jaw-droppingly jaw upset that I missed that one the next day when I heard about it. But I think ever since they've done... Ever since there's been this idea of themed uh, Halloweens um, 
and bands taking on different musical costumes and ideas and, you know, putting themselves outside of their comfort zones. This has to be one of the best Halloween runs um, from any of those bands. And that's not discounting any of them whatsoever, but just the thought and consideration uh, and the way it was all done and even the costuming, uh, everything was just incredible. There was a lot of dedication to the Lord of the Rings theme. Uh, and I think that combined with the music and the way it played out, and obviously a three-night run, there was three movies. It was just like perfectly synced up and probably even more so, I'm sure a lot more so than I recognize because there's a lot of folks that are a lot more deeper into Lord of the Rings who are making connections uh, that I certainly am still not even aware of. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting as we explore those more in the coming days as the tapes come out or the the, the uh, audio comes out the tapes i'm dating myself there and uh we get a, a better sense of some of the analysis as well and there was some analysis going around and after each of the nights talking about how everything synced up with the movie and different scenes uh, and things of that nature so again an amazing idea and approach and execution it's one thing to have a cool idea it's another thing to follow it through with that type of, you know, I would say flawless execution, but just commitment and true love. And you could tell there were some moments when, when Billy especially was just so stoked on what was happening and so happy that it was unfolding like it did and that everybody was, it seemed like receptive and patient and with them every step of the way uh, for the journey. So it was so, so cool. Uh, let's now get into each of the nights in a little bit more detail. We may not do our song by song, uh, analysis, uh, in terrible detail, but just because we haven't had a chance to re-listen to everything, but let's get into, uh, each of the nights. All right, let's talk about night one. So they kicked off in perfect fashion with, uh, Gollum's intro. Uh, which was uh, Rashad running around the stage uh, acting uh, perfectly as Gollum. He seemed to stay in character pretty much, I'd say, all uh, weekend and just did an awesome uh, job. I think uh, next we were treated to a clean-shaven uh, Billy and Jared. A lot of reaction uh, from folks saying a clean-shaven Jared. That was for sure. That was really funny. Uh, they, uh, played the Shire and obviously they were the, uh, two, uh, main characters, uh, from the uh, film Frodo and Sam who go on the journey together. Uh, then it was old home place, uh, then home. Then, uh, it was the birthday party for Bilbo Baggins. I believe I have the characters correct doing this purely from memory, uh, with happy birthday to you. And I think that was when they had the first, uh, balloon drop. I think there were three balloon drops, uh, if I'm correct, maybe four. And uh, that was, I think it was the first one. Uh, then uh, Flaming Red Hair and Secrets, which led into The Road uh, Goes Ever On. And then Away from the Mire, and obviously the theme Lord of the Rings, Away from the Shire. Uh, and you started to really feel like there was a commitment to the to the theme, uh, and that they were, uh, you know, as they do, um, but really uh, hewing very closely uh, to the movie and to the plot of the movie, going through the songs. 
uh, and indeed, next was traveling this lonesome road. Uh, then as things uh, start to get a little weird, a little challenging uh, in the movie, and they start to meet some of their adversaries along the road, uh, they get into a, a hide-and-seek. And that closed out the first set from night one. And uh, really setting the table uh, for what would be an amazing uh, night and just uh, uh, an off-the-charts run, uh, no question about it. Next up in set two, we are kind of reintroduced uh, to Gollum and to uh, Rushad, uh, who now has his cello and uh, plays what's uh, referred to as Gollum's Nasty Nasty. <laughs> and it was, it was nasty. Uh, it was uh, surprising. If you don't, if you didn't know him, it was especially surprising. And even if you were familiar with Rashad and his work, uh, it was still just uh, and perfectly done and uh, really, really cool. Uh, some of the sounds uh, and the music that he can invoke from his instrument and the feeling that he has uh, with just his whole performance, obviously. And then having him in that role um, was just perfect, uh, really uh, played into it perfectly. Next up was Midnight Rider, very uh, welcomed. Uh, and again, hewing very closely uh, to the plot of the movie. Then was uh, Wild Horses, uh, which was just beautiful uh i mean and i think a lot of folks really were surprised by it and it was extraordinarily well received and i saw folks commenting the next day about how they were watching it was with their mother grandmother grandfather aunt or uncle or someone older than them and that that person that older person they were watching it with you know stopped in their tracks of that wild horses it was super powerful and uh, again, it wasn't just the commitment to the theme, but obviously the talent that this band brings and all the additional musicians as well, uh, you know, including this night. Uh, you had a lot of had Rashad, uh, An, uh, Fung. Uh, I think those were the two uh, only two guests uh, on the first night. And um, that was Wild Horses. Next up was a song, Heartbeat of America. Great song and obviously our, our namesake here on the show. Uh, so always excited to to see that and hear that. And I thought it was a pretty strong version as well. I didn't quite get the Lord of the Rings reference, and I saw some analysis next day, and there was a little bit of confusion around that. If anybody has any thoughts, uh, I'd love to, to hear that. Uh, but wasting no time, they then went into uh, All Along the Watchtower, uh, which was amazing. Uh, just a, a killer version you know, everybody's so familiar with the song and uh, just gave it a real special treatment. Uh, I think that was a first time played uh, as well and uh, very welcome. And I'll tell you, if there's any songs that come out of this Halloween run that I hope stay in the uh, semi-regular rotation uh, all along the Watchtower is definitely one of them. Next up was Poor Ellen Smith, uh, then Whispers of the North. And again, there were moments in the show you know, like this that not everybody was familiar with the music, so you had to kind of stick with the band and hang with them and be committed to it. And I think everybody uh, was, uh, and they certainly were uh, too. Uh, next up, back on a little bit of familiar ground with Love and Regret. Uh, and again, I think this next uh, four songs, uh, for me at least, really were outstanding and, and, and again, just matched very well with the uh, movie and with the plot line as it was going and that was high on a mountain uh then ice bridges which i love and is a favorite just a great instrumental uh then and i think perfectly placed uh, dark as a dungeon uh 
uh, Ring of Fire, which was awesome, and uh, had Royal on lead vocals, which was a treat uh, in and of itself. We don't get to enjoy that uh, too often, so that was awesome. And I got to say, Royal, uh, his character, uh, you know, and Gandalf, and um, his costuming were amazing. And we're going to talk about Night 3, but when he got that electric bass going, uh, there were some things happening up on that stage. It was uh, good stuff. Uh, so next up from uh, night one, they closed out with uh, Meet Me at the Creek, the breaking of the fellowship, and then back into Meet Me at the Creek. And uh, pretty strong creek from my uh, recollection and from my notes. Uh, and a really, really uh, great way to send off uh, the, the first night uh, and the first movie and kind of brought everything to its conclusion. You kind of had been uh, on the trip and, 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 and with them, and now we're on to the next segment and uh, the next movie. Um, and then uh, the encore that night uh, was Will the Circle Be Unbroken, uh, which um, is fairly rare, but I think has made another recent appearance. Uh, I think it was on the Outlaw Tour or, or very soon thereafter. Uh, but this version with the... Uh, guest musicians uh rushad and on fung uh were just incredible and i don't know it did take on um, it's a spiritual song obviously uh, but it really did take on a little bit of a spiritual uh, element uh, in its delivery and in just the authentic uh, approach uh that obviously uh the band brings and these musicians bring uh to these songs and it just was really really special and a great way to end night one. Again, I don't think you could have asked for more. Um, there was a lot of fireworks to come on uh, nights two and three. But I think this really set the table uh, and kind of set a precedent and a standard that uh, this band is going to play this very close to the plot. Uh, they're going to be very, very diverse with their song selection and uh the production again just spot on with regard to the characters the costumes the staging uh everything was done uh every detail i think was considered and a lot of time and thought was put into um you know the movie and uh really digging into it and connecting it with what was happening on stage and the music Uh, so again credit to all around obviously to the musicians and everybody involved in the production uh, all those folks that that we don't see uh, and that don't get talked about on the podcast so that's about it for night one next up night two okay let's jump right into night two of the halloween run in Asheville. So we had uh, night two is the uh, two towers and uh, got right. It started with the uh, main theme foundations of stone uh, and instrumental, which led into watch it fall uh, for the first uh, Billy string song, if you will, uh, of the night. Uh, Next up a great song. One of my favorites, long forgotten dream. And uh, again, they were uh, seemed to be very on point and linking up and syncing up the songs and some of the lyrical references and the ideas behind the songs and the uh, plot of the movie. And then uh, a couple, I think, that were expected from a lot of folks uh, running, uh, which, uh, if I have that one corrected correctly, featured a little lyrical 
uh, change uh, running from the eye of Sauron's glow, if I understood that one correctly, if I caught it correctly at least, and then uh, running the root, a uh, great instrumental from Renewal, which was, um, I think, expected uh, as well uh, for sure. Next up was uh, This Old World, and then uh, that led to Home from the Forest, uh, a Gordon Lightfoot song, uh, and then uh, a couple ones that were, again, perfect. They were all perfectly placed, and then there were some that seemed like extra perfectly placed. And the next uh, two or three were like that, starting with uh, Black Mountain Rag. And then uh, one of the highlights, I think, of Night 2, and I think one of the highlights of the run uh, in my tree, the uh, Pearl Jam cover, covering and talking, uh, addressing, if you will, the uh, trees uh, in the uh, forest uh, that actually uh, get up and move and, and do battle uh, at one point. Uh, and that was delivered with such power and such, obviously, authenticity. I mean, it's one of the things that everybody loves about the band. But it just seemed like it was like gut-wrenching emotion uh, that was coming out of everybody and coming from Billy and the lyrics. And it seemed very, very powerful to me. And I actually saw a couple... Uh, Pearl Jam heads, if you will, the next day uh, talking on Twitter uh, about some of Billy's recent covers and saying how uh, powerful they were and how they appreciated that he seems like he's kind of going deeper in their catalog, uh, you know, as opposed to just doing the hits. But In My Tree, uh, exceptionally powerful. Uh, next up was uh, Down in the Swamp and then uh, Show Me the Door which uh, was transformed to show me more door or show me something more, which was, uh, you know, again, a pretty cool uh, lyrical change appropriate for uh, Lord of the Rings, obviously. And again, I can't really imagine watching or going to these shows. I certainly can't imagine going to the shows and having like no reference to Lord of the Rings, um, especially given like the three months that we've had to get ready for it. Um because it really made it, and it really uh, completed the the circle. No pun intended. Uh, it, 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 I would think that if you weren't as that familiar with Lord of the Rings, or you didn't know it at all, you may think that while everything flowed, I thought exceptionally well. You may think that you know there was a little disjointed all over the place. It wasn't at all. It was absolutely on point. But I think somebody said like. It wouldn't be a show that I would take like a first-time fan to, and I, you know, kind of agree with that sentiment. I mean, anybody that's open-minded to good music, I think, would get it. Um, but these are not typical or standard Billy Strings shows, and folks in the tour that starts uh, on Thursday the third in Kalamazoo, um, while they may get a song or two from uh, Halloween Run, that would be awesome. Uh, they certain, certainly shouldn't expect uh, in any way a certain similar type of setup um so some interesting uh, thoughts from from some folks there uh, not in any way uh, a critique because uh, these shows again where i think everything you could ask for and more uh, nobody could have expected how how strong uh they they uh, they played and how well they uh, played out the theme next after uh, show me the door was you must come in at the door by doc watson uh very very uh cool song and if I'm correct on that one, it's not actually a first time played. Uh, that one had uh, Rashad on the cello. Uh, Gollum was there, always off to the side. It seemed like increasingly as the night went, nights went on, uh, doing his thing, and uh, 
again, just having a blast with, with that role as well. Closing out the first set that night was Tennessee stud. Uh, I commented at the time that it feels like it feels like it's been a little while for uh, Tennessee stud, but certainly a perfectly appropriate song and uh, a good call to wind up the, uh, the first set there. Uh, at that point, uh, admittedly folks, it was a school night. Uh, I needed to uh, press pause on the stream. I did catch back up with it. Uh, at least some of the highlights a little bit later, but I did not have a chance uh, to watch the second set of the second night unfold. Uh, although I did follow some of the discussions uh, and whatnot around it. Uh, came out uh, to start with Feast here tonight. And then I know a lot of uh, a lot of entertainment was gathered from IP Donna Bird, uh, absolutely classic. And it's interesting how they would kind of balance these kind of entertaining, humorous, or funny moments with like really deep moments. And the next song was "Nights in White Satin," which I think a lot of people would definitely describe as uh, really deep and delivered with just a lot of a strong emotion that really came through. Uh, and again, and I know for some folks uh, even older than myself that may have been watching the show, uh, hearing some of these classic rock songs, uh, I'm sure Billy picked up some new uh, new fans uh, for sure. Uh, after that was the theme of Ronin and then uh, So Many Miles, uh, Billy Failing uh, written uh, song there. And then uh, time for a little appropriately placed widespread panic with uh, Fission. Uh, when uh, Gollum goes uh, uh, fishing. Next up is uh, There is a Time, uh, and that was with uh, An Fung on flute. And I'll tell you, her uh, flute playing and her presence and her dancing and her authenticity and her excitement, everyone's excitement all weekend, was so obvious and visible and profound. Um, And it just was infectious too. Like you couldn't, not watch or be at these shows and not really just be having a great time and just be really into what, what they were doing. Um, and if you weren't, then you probably were at all fall down. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, that was, uh, again, featuring Rashad, uh, as well, like the full band, if you will, at that point, um, minus, um, John Stickley, uh, who was, uh, there for a couple tunes and featured as Bilbo Baggins, uh, I gotta love how everybody that was um, a guest had like a role, uh, really, really, uh, really well done. Again, really well thought out. And then as I, I've mentioned a few times, uh, next uh, after that was Bonaparte's uh, retreat. Obviously, uh, a first time uh, played uh, on that one, uh, traditional uh, instrumental. And then uh, from there, you had uh, quite the quite the pairing. Uh, and I think quite the strong link up again with the movie um, of Wargasm and then uh, Big River. Uh, clearly tied to uh, scenes in the movie and uh, clearly making a, a great impact uh, there with the crowd, uh, both at home and in, in attendance. Uh, after Big River, um, you had a couple more uh, Billy String songs. It was nice, I think, for folks to to hear some Billy String songs right in a row. At least, you know, some folks, I think, appreciate that more. Uh, you know, Big River not being one of them. I, I get that. Uh, but In the Morning Light and then Taking Water. And Taking Water, a uh, great song and a great statement of kind of where things were at the time. Uh, and really, I think, deep, uh, deeply insightful lyrics, obviously, with regard to the theme, uh, but also... For, 
with what so many people connect with, you know, in their lives and in their challenges and, and struggles as well. And then the encore for night two, one of my, uh, definitely one of my favorite covers that Billy does, Freeborn Man, uh, something definitely to be experienced. The John Stickley was back out. Bilbo Baggins, excuse me, was back out for that one, uh, as well as a Gollum and the, uh, the uh, fairy flautist, uh, if you will. So a lot of good stuff uh, on night two and just setting the table for what I think everybody thought would be a very, very strong night three, obviously a climax uh, to the shows, uh, to the trilogy of the movies uh, and you know some epic scenes and some really cool stuff with regard to the story and then how that was going to be played out through uh, music. Uh, I think we got some of what we expected and we got a lot of surprises as well. So let's talk about that next. All right, let's get into the third and final night of the Halloween run in Asheville. So setting the uh, table for the evening, we kicked off with a Schmeagel's Metamorphosis, which was uh, us learning about how Schmeagel was transformed by the ring from Schmeagel to Gollum. Very interesting uh, story, and uh, that's how the the final movie uh, kicks off with the story of him fishing with his friend and ultimately killing his friend uh, over the ring. Uh, The movie then brings us into more modern times, and uh, the first uh, full band song of the night. And when I say full band, I do mean a full band, uh, including drums and including Royal Massat on electric bass was Ramble On. Uh, I think everybody was hoping for a good dose of Led Zeppelin, and they certainly got it with this. Uh, obviously, an absolutely classic song uh, delivered, completely rocking, uh, just on point, a lot of energy, Tons of excitement. Uh, next up was uh, Highway Hypnosis. Again, I thought another good call uh, for some of the confusion and some of the issues that uh, Sam and Frodo face on their journey. Uh, then next, very heavy uh, cover, uh, well-received Black Sabbath, The Wizard, uh, classic uh, Sabbath song uh, and a great song. And again, perfect uh, for this theme that they were uh, going with Lord of the Rings. It was just a, an amazing uh, relationship there with some of these uh, setless songs and the selections. Uh, next up, it was uh, back to more traditional uh, bluegrass with uh, Ready for Times to Get Better, uh, which is just a, a great, great song. Sad uh, song. What a great one. Uh, then we uh, got into some Hendrix big time uh, with Fire and uh, just absolutely uh, insane uh, version with Billy shredding. Uh, I would note that uh, Billy also took some uh, great solo uh, in The Wizard from Black Sabbath, which I mentioned a song or two ago. Uh, really, really on point there. And you could tell he's really he was really feeling that electric guitar and very, very comfortable with it uh, and just playing it in a way that was super exciting uh, for folks at home. And I can imagine 10 times as exciting for folks uh, there in attendance. Uh, next up was uh, Walk On Boy and then uh, Lamp Lighting Time in the Valley, 
Again, some increasingly appropriate songs for the film. And then uh, another big highlight, uh, Leaders, uh, an amazing uh, electric version, a song that we don't usually hear electric, uh, obviously the uh, last song off of Renewal. And uh, just given this beautiful, beautiful treatment and a really stellar uh, version with a great, great jam to it. Uh, I wrote on Twitter at the time that an amazing jam in uh, in leaders and definitely was something to check out again uh for sure on youtube or when the uh when the soundboards come out uh next up uh friendly uh uh cover song sorrow is a highway uh which i thought was uh, interestingly uh well placed very very good choice and obviously a jeff austin song and he's really uh was really close to the band uh, and to Billy. So that was uh, really good stuff as well. And then uh, another dose of uh, widespread panic uh, for one of their rockers that I think Billy gives a really good treatment to, and that was all time low. And again, kind of uh, syncing up with some of the issues in the movie and some of the themes in the movie uh, where even, you know, best friends are, are having issues and fighting with each other and uh, one is being deceived and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so a great way to close out the first set. And I tell you, the electric band was just rocking. Uh, obviously, we don't get to see Billy on that type of electric setup too often. So to do so uh, was really enjoyable and unique. And uh, they just sounded like a good old time rock and roll band doing their thing in a packed bar or a small venue, just killing it. Uh, and it was really a lot of fun to watch, especially I noted, I think it was during the second set, I noted that uh, it's really fun to watch some of the interactions between Royal and Billy specifically, because um, you're just usually used to them taking a different uh, stance, you know, physically and, and, and literally, and uh, to see them kind of rocking back and forth and to see Royal and that electric bass uh, was just so cool. And definitely uh, one of my personal highlights uh, of the night and of the weekend. Uh, second set started with uh, Mother's Not Dead, but uh, made appropriate for Frodo. Uh, as he was uh, uh, just uh, tied up, if you will, <laughs> by, the, uh, by the spider. Uh, next up was uh, Know-It-All. And then a couple of tough songs. You had uh, Hellbender and Dealing Despair, as uh, there were some challenges uh, that they were going through on their journey. And then uh, Soldier's Joy, great uh, instrumental uh, that I thought was handled uh, really, really well. Um, played uh, several times throughout uh, the band's career, uh, eight times total, uh, but one that uh, kind of unexpected, uh, I think, but one that was uh, very well done. And, uh, you know, again, you had a lot, like Billy always does, a great balance, I thought, between songs that were kind of heavier and lighter, uh, you know, songs that may have been uh, better known versus songs that might not have been as well known. Uh, and next up, well, the next several songs were all pretty well known, but next up was an extraordinarily well-known song, another dip into Led Zeppelin with the Battle of Evermore. Uh, and I got to tell you again, just delivered with such strong emotion. And uh, this one had uh, on Fung on the backup vocals. Uh, and it just was amazing. Some really beautiful moments there. I think I commented on Twitter that she was singing those backgrounds like an angel, and it was just absolutely perfect. And the you, you don't get to see anybody sing the Battle of Evermore too much anymore, uh, and to see Billy deliver it with just such passion and uh, truth and 
uh, how well it was placed uh, and how relevant some of the lyrics were, just awesome. Uh, and it really just got stronger and stronger. Uh, from there, another Sabbath uh, cover. I think everybody, a lot of folks were anticipating War Pigs, uh, which just totally, totally rocked. There were a couple of uh, good Sabbath heads online that were going crazy uh, for that one as well. And uh, I think this is actually where I said that you just love, I'd love to see the interaction between Billy and Royal and these electric instruments. And, uh, you know, as if that wasn't enough uh, for War Pigs, uh, they veered into uh, Pink Floyd with one of their uh, favorite Floyd covers, uh, so it seems, uh, Fearless, and which was really well executed. And you can see as things were starting to kind of draw to a, a close in some way, that uh, they were really loose and Billy's having a lot of fun and uh, really enjoying themselves as a group uh, and what they were doing and kind of the journey that they were taking everybody on. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think that, said earlier, I uh, think the audience was there for every bit of it. I don't think that people lagged at any point. Uh, I had to feel like people were, you know, fully uh, paying attention, fully engaged uh, in every moment, because uh, if you weren't, you may have missed uh, a moment, and there were some great ones. Uh, After Fearless was a Fireline, uh, a great choice. I, I, I definitely thought and was impressed with it. For some reason, I didn't anticipate that uh, as much um, but definitely a, a good choice there. Uh, after that, they uh, led into Fire on My Tongue, uh, which was really, really uh, cool, very well received. Again, you know, when you have this many covers and this much diverse ground being covered, I think the uh, Billy Strings originals uh, are very uh, much welcomed. Uh, the next song, not a... Uh, not an original, but always well-received, Crown of Thorns, a very cool cover song, given a great treatment here uh, for sure. And I know some of those uh, Seattle uh, grunge folks uh, were tapping into this and a couple other uh, versions that uh, they have done this year of, of that song. Uh, so really, really cool as well. I think it was right after that or right before that or during Crown of Thorns when you had the final uh, balloon drop. Uh, of the run, those white balloons that dropped down. I tweeted at the time that those are like the white balloons of peace. You know, war is over, and uh, you know there there will be peace uh, upon the land. Uh, and it was a really really cool moment. I thought they had uh, the balloons going and streamers and you know fog and all kinds of cool stuff to really make the moment a big time celebration. Uh, and it certainly was uh, for everybody involved. Uh, next, a very uh, perfect choice and perfect placement. And interestingly enough, coming out on the new Dad and Me record was Long Journey Home. Uh, so that was pretty cool uh, to hear that. And I know there's a lot of excitement around that record coming out in just a few weeks as well. Uh, then that was the uh, end of the second set. Uh, classic, uh, really string style. Uh, double encore, but the first part of that was the Lord of the Rings theme, but it was uh, Lord of the Rings uh, 3000 with his uh, Casio DG20 uh, instrument or device or toy. I'm not sure which of those it is. Probably all three. Uh, and that was a really fun version. A uh, whole band uh, doing their thing and taking that to some uh, really cool uh, spaces and some really interesting uh, sounds. And then just to wrap things up and send everybody uh, on their way, uh, a walking song, which was the uh, closing of the uh, movie as well, and the closing of the trilogy. And with that, that was the closing of the 
a 2022 Billy Strings Halloween run in Asheville. And uh, the stream stayed on for just a minute as the music wrapped up and the band took a, a deep and uh, well-deserved bow, a lot of applause, uh, every, obviously everybody on their feet. And uh, as the band was making their, as most of the members of the band were making their way off the stage, uh, Billy descended into the, to the audience, walked down the stage, down the front steps, and uh, was standing between the, uh, the railing between the audience on the rail uh, and the first part of the, the, the stage or where the photographers and security and videographers hang out and went down the line and hugged a few dozen people and high-fived people and uh, I think got a couple of goodie packages uh, handed off to him as well, if I saw it correctly, um, but just received so many positive vibes and feedback from people, uh, you know, people that we see at every show and, uh, you know, I'm sure some first timers as well and people that were just loving it and everywhere uh, in between. But it was so cool to see him, you know, after that musical journey and after the uh, journey, you know, through the theme of Lord of the Rings to come down and. Uh, you know, hug all those folks and, you know, say hi and engage with all those folks in such a positive way. Uh, one of the cooler things I've seen from a performer in a long, long time, and of course the entire run was one of the cooler things that I've seen from any band on Halloween, um, I think ever. Uh, so that is our uh, hot take on the Halloween run. Absolutely epic, uh, historic run of shows. I hope everybody got a chance to enjoy, uh, if not all of it, then at least as much of it as possible. I'm sure we'll all be reliving it uh, via YouTube and uh, more when the audio comes out. And if you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you'll uh, leave a review or share it with friends so that it can reach uh, even more Billy Strings fans. I look forward to seeing you guys uh, somewhere on the road during fall tour, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon.